listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Okay, you know, it's a slow news day. We have the Ukraine counteroffensive. We have Trump being indicted. Uh, big affirmative action case coming down. So I decided to ignore all that. Okay. And traditionally present you with a quiz. Sure. Who is, who is this man? Well, you know what just happened, Mickey? Some uh, Something is obscuring his face. A smaller version of his face is now obscuring. Okay, well, there is Be the full version. I have no, I have never had any association with that man. I have no recollection of what is what what has he done? Give you give, give I'll give you a quiz. He's a governor of a state. Uh Alaska, no. Alabama. Keep going. Arkansas. You'll get it you'll get to it soon. Should I move to the bees? You move to the bees. And maybe move Are to the bees. Are there any seas. bees? <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> California. You go ahead, Mickey. Tell um, me. Well, he's a, he's a, one of the more popular governors in the Democratic Party. He's uh, re, he's liked by both Republicans and Democrats, and he um, he liked by Republicans because he opened up the schools relatively early. I think they were closed for a year, but then he opened them up, mm-hmm. and uh, and he uh, just passed a budget with a huge tax cut, including tax relief for the working poor and the lower middle class, and he is uh, my current fave nominee for the Democratic Party. But does he show any signs? You mean for president? Does he show any yes. signs of running? They all want to run, Bob. He wouldn't sponsor an $800 million, billion dollar, million dollar, million dollar tax cut if for the middle class if he didn't have higher political ambitions. Mickey, that's so cynical. He could be doing uh, it for the public good. Wait, named, who is he? Who is he? They've named... They've named a library at Harvard after him, after his family. What's his name? Oh, is Ned it, it's Lamont. Not... Who? Ned Lamont. What state? Connecticut. Oh, I was almost there. You were almost there, and you just oh, just stopped. So close. Tragically short. Um. Anyway, he's, you know, any you anybody who attracts Republicans and Democrats, uh, in his state seems like. A good bet. I'm all for uh, him. You know? I'm he, all for him. Remember, he also ran in an anti-Iraq war platform against Senator Joe Lieberman for Senate. When Before I thought he was or after like, the war? During the war. During the uh, war. And he beat Lieberman in the Democratic primary, and then Lieberman ran as an independent and beat him in the general oh, election. Oh, that. So, yeah, I remember it well. So he was a peacenik. I, I, I don't know what his standard is on Ukraine. He's given a couple of rallies or in support of Ukraine, but mm-hmm. he hasn't sort of said. Well, everybody supports Ukraine. Yeah, the question right, exactly. is. So we don't know. And, and, and his, his, you know, his stance on the greatest issue of our time, immigration, is somewhat suspect. He supported the Senate bill, but he said some other sensible things like uh, there are jobs. There's no job that an American won't do if you don't pay him enough. So um, it's, it's a question of wage levels. Mostly. Now, does your so, inter- does your sudden interest in Democratic alternatives to Biden mean that you're starting to worry that Trump will get the nomination? Well, I'm always worried about that. I'm also worried that Biden will falter. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's it's weird. I mean, I, like I say, I don't see any. He seems up to the job now, but people who've seen him say, you know, early Alzheimer's, watch out. 
Wait, people who've uh, seen him. Uh, this sounds hear, like breaking news, Mickey. Elaborate. No, this is what I hear on the grapevine. What I hear on the grapevine. From reliable and, sources. Yeah, from a game of telephone among reliable sources. Yes, but. So you know people who know people who say when you're in a room with them, it, they're not clear that correct. It's like people, the lights are on, but is anybody people on? who support people who support it? Uh, early, early. I mean, you know, it doesn't mean he's that doesn't mean he's incapable of doing the job now. But early means. Now I will say in his defense, so you but you were gone last week, and this was a little more than a week ago. But when he fell down after the Air Force graduation ceremony, there was something he tripped over. It wasn't a collapse. Oh, I'll yeah. give him I, that. That could happen to me. That could, that could if, happen to me. If you saw this house, uh, you know, I'm 10 seconds away from doing the yeah. same thing. So, so that's uh, not the reason. That's not the point. That we're, we want to get rid of him. But there are many other reasons. Well, he has, and the main reason is Kamala Harris. If he had a competent vice president, this wouldn't be such an issue. But it's really playing dice with the fate of the country, uh, you know, to, 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 to think that this guy is going to last six years as as people have said, it's a very selfish act. It's not, see, I'm worried about two years. I mean, I'm worried about him not being able to win the election, but we'll see. Uh, so you don't see any signs of life for non-Trump candidates? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, big crowd. Of Republicans? Yes, yeah. I see huge signs of life for DeSantis. Take a number. I th- you do I see DeSantis see- I- on the upsurge? Well, I think he's on the mild upsurge. I mean, the, the, the you know, this is a test of whether the press goes through the usual conventional wisdom cycle uh, of, uh, of of getting tired of the same thing. And so they want a new angle. The new angle is DeSantis to stop falling. He's rising again. Uh, and there was a report by David Drucker on his stump speech uh, in Iowa, very well received. People who used to be for Trump switching sides in mid-speech because he talks so eloquently about cultural issues and also about inflation and other things. So Wait, who was it's this? a good mix. Who was this? DeSantis in Iowa. Oh, this is DeSantis. The campaign has actually just started, okay? Mm -hmm. DeSantis has gone on the stump, and he's giving a speech, and it's well-received, okay? He's not boring people. He's winning over Trump voters. So, you know, winning Iowa isn't everything. Ted Cruz won Iowa. Look what happened to him. But uh, it's it's, it's something. Uh, And, you know, my line is, as long as DeSantis learns what works and what doesn't, which is the whole... The whole art of political stump speech making is you drop mm-hmm. the lines that don't work, you add the lines that do work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in good shape because he's a smart guy and he talks credibly about policy. And uh, you know, his it's the charisma of no charisma, Bob. Remember a few years ago when authenticity was when specificity was the new authenticity. You had to you had to give specific proposals. Miss- well, he can do that. I miss both of those. I don't he recall do either specificity or authenticity ever I think, being a valuable I, asset. I think that was the world's most boring campaign, 96 um, against Bob Dole. I will say, you know, Nikki Haley is playing the Disney card on him. You saw that, right? Well, she's, she's saying, I will, Disney? Not, I will not persecute corporations. I will not exercise petty vendettas and persecute corporations. Uh, well, she's getting a lot of donations and she's in the running to be Trump's vice president. Uh, there's a big debate uh, on the right now whether you can focus only on cultural issues or you have to focus on hardcore economic issues and downplay the cultural issues. The obvious solution to these debates is obviously you have to do both. Uh, and and the key the key point, this is a second visual prop, Bob. 
you're getting Whoa. two for the pulling out all um, the stops. There are some issues, Bob, that are like certs, two minutes in one. That are that are both cultural issues and uh economic issues and no, they're the important ones. Now, do you realize how few of people are alive who remember the search commercials, Mickey? We gotta spell it's, it out. It's two. No, two, it's a two mint. Mint. In one. No, it's a candy mint. They don't even remember the Saturday night live. No, it's a dessert topping. No, it's a floor wax parody of the search okay. commercial. That's how well, young that, these people in are. Part today, because Mickey. they don't make certs anymore, as I've discovered. Do they not make certs? They discontinued them oh, in 2018 because they contain partially hydrogenated oils, which are illegal. So um, these, if you look closely, these are not certs. They're a certs-like breath mint. But anyway, um, the there are several important issues that are both cultural issues and economic issues. Welfare. It's listed as, gee, Reagan promoted cultural issues like welfare. Well, welfare is a hardcore economic issue. It's how a lot, you know, the bottom, very bottom of American society made a living. It was an economic issue and it set up a political economy that was perverse and antisocial. So it's 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 both. Same with DSG. Uh, if big corporations are you know, pursuing liberal social goals instead of the traditional capitalist pursuit of profit. What, what's what's that, DSG again? Diversity something in government. It's like investing, socially responsible yeah, investing? it's like socially responsible investing as mm -hmm. championed by Larry Fink, uh, the most powerful and seemingly the smuggest man on Wall Street. There's a horrible- A lot of competition. Of, horrible yeah, clip of him going around saying, well, we have to force behavior. So we're forcing behavior. Well, who decided what behavior you, you forced, Larry? Um, Larry it, did. Larry did. Anyway, um, so that's a that's a fundamental change in the whole political economy of America. So it's not a cultural issue. And of course, uh, you know, the most important issue of our time, immigration, uh, is both a cultural issue and an economic issue. It determines wage levels for the large chunks of American workers. So, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that it's, Either one mint or the other is wrong. How did we let you get on to your favorite topic? How did that happen? One moment just, we're talking breath mints, and then it suddenly it, we're, we're on welfare. It just sort of happened because their welfare is two mints in one, Bob. It's cultural and economic. Huh. So well, anyway, we we can move off. We've we've okay, done the okay. we've done the source bit. No, it's a proxy war. No, it's a war <laughs> for national survival. Um. Yeah. Exactly. We have so. We can move to the topic A or topic B. Well, what we can do what, uh, which one is which? Uh, I got to get to Ukraine at some point. Topic B is Ukraine. Okay, indictment. Um, it still seems banana republican to me. You know, to the average in terms of, you know, I'm afraid optics do matter quite a bit in politics. And to 99% of Republicans, you know, given that, Joe Biden had some classified documents. I mean, that's the end of the story. Of course, there are differences between the two cases, but they're not going to look into them. And for that matter, neither are the Democrats. The Democrats are just going to assume that the differences are consequential. The Republicans are going to assume the differences aren't. But it's just, it's only going to help try. It's, it, it, will you tell me, uh, how does this not help him get the nomination? Well, the, it doesn't help him get the nomination in that anybody who is, uh, you know, fortified in their support for Trump by an indictment was fortified by the Bragg indictment. So this is just like more of the same. Not sure there's anybody on the fence uh, mm. either way at this point. 
But um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's, ultimately it's just a indictment about documents and archives and, you know, classified documents. And we know there's wild overclassification. It's the same. It's, it's in the same category as the Hillary Clinton emails. It's like, you know, let, let's talk about substance. Now, if it were shown that he was keeping the documents and the key document seems to involve Pentagon plans to attack Iran, uh, if you were going to sell those to Netanyahu, hey, you know, or you're going to leak them to well, America's well, enemies, that would this. be another thing. I miss this. Trump, the documents Trump had include documents about the Pentagon's plan to attack right. Iran. They have a tape. They have a tape that he was recorded when he was talking to researchers for Mark Meadows' autobiography. And they were talking about Milley's claim that he restrained Trump from starting a war with Iran in the waning days of his administration. Mm. And Trump started waving around a document. I don't know if this is the actual document or a symbol of the document that he thought he had. That uh, said, no, this came from the Pentagon. Look at this document. Uh, you know, it, uh, it, He's saying, no, the Pentagon wanted to attack Iran. It wasn't me. The Pentagon gave me all this paper about attacking Iran. Uh, And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's classified. I used used to be able to declassify it. Now I can't. Okay, so that's an admission of guilt for for the petty petty document charge. But he's trying to use this uh, not to leak to a foreign power and not to sell for money, but to defend himself against a substantive charge. And it's a little unfair that the deep state gets to prevent the people it attacks from using documents and they hoard all the documents themselves in the archives and it's illegal for Trump to retain the documents. Now that said, it's not at all clear Trump is right. I mean, he could just be saying he could, he could get all these documents from the Pentagon because he requested them because he wanted to attack Iran. I mean, we don't know. Uh, but um, it's just, uh, you know, he has a substantive case to make for why he wanted to, why he might want to retain this document is was self-defense against the deep state or the block. Can't, can't blame a man for that. Uh, so uh, I don't know. It's, 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 it, on the other hand, you know, a, a, a document about attacking Iran might conceivably do some damage if leaked. So uh, that's part of the charge. You have to prove that the document would have been damaging. Uh, and, and, and maybe it, maybe that one would pass the test. Anyway, it just seems, it just seems, you know, the press is making way too much of a big deal about this. And uh, in three months, it will seem like a lot littler deal. Yeah. And it's not um, going to knock him out of the race, unfortunately. It's not. So so as a procedural substantive matter, it's not like it will, the, the process will impede his getting elect, his getting nominated or elected. That's what I think. I mean, Mark Halperin, who's about to convert his free newsletter into a $3,000 a year concierge service thinks it's a big deal and it will affect the nomination. But That guy gets comeback of the year, you know? He was, I remember, there was the smart money wasn't on him a couple of years ago, you know? Well, let's see if this thing succeeds. I have my doubts. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's uh, does he want to, he, he has this asset. Don't you want, you know, he has this concept, the gang of 500, which is the 500 journalists who determine what the news is, and they meet at allegedly meet at this Mexican restaurant, you know, in in Adams Morgan, and blah blah blah. And he said, "Don't you want to hang with them? Don't you want to at least, you know?" So you're vicariously hanging with them if you subscribe to his yeah. newsletter, or, yeah. or is he just yeah. trying to get them to subscribe? To his no, How much is he charging no. for his newsletter? Two hundred eighty dollars a month. 
a month? Yes, that's he is that's trying the, to get them. He is the trying to get rate. them. That's the cheap rate. The, the, there's a more expensive rate. No, like no, this is like like what's the so this is for like what like lobbyists. And yeah, but he he's not going to want to hang out with the people who would pay them. That's that's like that's like the, the the curse of when you sell access, you have to hang out with the people who buy access. It's going to drive him crazy. What was the physical periodical people used to pay a ton for? Uh, and the National Atlantic Journal. bought it. Yeah, National Journal. And, and that it, was a substantive publication that didn't like say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to introduce you to, uh, you know." Uh, John Harris, you know, hey, you got to hang out with John Harris vicariously by watching a Zoom call with John Harris. In it. I mean, it's like, oh, is that the kind of thing this is? I think that's the kind of thing this is. We should do that anyway. If it would be much more fun if he like if he if he started the All Me Too network of all people who were accused of sexual harassment, where they just regaled us with their tales of how awful they were. I would pay two hundred eighty dollars a month for that. That's a great idea. I don't think they're really playing up how awful they were, though. Right now, I don't think that's part of his strategy. No, regrettably. Um, anyway, he's a smart guy, but I don't. I think he's wrong about this being a big factor in the election. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of. And, and so meanwhile, the, meanwhile, the charges against Biden, you know, sketchy as they are, are serious. There's a. a, a Credible informant for the FBI who says that Burisma, you know, allocated five million dollars to bribe Joe Biden. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, and Is that uh, that's yeah, in the last couple of days. And you know, he, he, you know, maybe the While guy Burisma, he's vice president. There's that, no, that, no the, right. There's no evidence that there's no evidence that Biden, you know, actually got this money. But the guy in Burisma says he paid it out through a various schemes where it was untraceable for. That it got to Biden, that's a serious charge. If it was against a Republican, we would be taking it very seriously. I, well, I, I don't we, like. I say I don't care that much if Biden makes a little. I mean, Republicans are taking it seriously. If it was a Republican, Democrats would be taking it seriously. Right. The point is, by a neutral standard, we should be taking it seriously. Yeah, I, I worry about some of this stuff uh, coming out in between now and the election. I mean, I don't know what there is, but there's definitely some weird stuff. I don't know about this particular thing, but as we've discussed, there's that's some... A good, that's a good point. There's a John Edwards problem. Remember, the John Edwards yeah. sex scandal was originally leaked by Democrats who were terrified that Edwards would get the nomination. Then the sex scandal would come out and he'd be dead and the Republican would win. Uh, similarly... If you're a Democrat, you want all this stuff out now. I agree. Uh, so uh, go Let for the it, chips Lakers. fall where they may, Mickey. Uh, without fear or favor. Without fear or favor. Is so um, uh, want to talk a little about Ukraine? Yeah, they 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 started the big counteroffensive. Started the big counteroffensive. Uh, so far, no big breakthroughs. Uh, you know, uh, some signs that it's going harder, it's tougher going than some people thought. Uh, you know, um, Michael Kaufman, who had been getting more optimistic in recent months, said, well, so far, based on fragmentary evidence, it looks more like Kherson than like Kharkiv, which means uh, a long, hard slog. I mean, in Kherson, long before the uh, the Russian pullout, there were there were like months of carnage that weren't getting any publicity. It was that was a 
That was a long road to hoe, tough road to hoe. Um, you know, you're seeing, do you remember the pictures like when Vuladar, there was that publicity about how all these, these stupid Russian tank drivers ran, you know, into this, all this fire in this minefield. And you saw this picture of like, you know, six, eight tanks blown away. There've been a couple of times the war when you saw that. Well, you're starting to see pictures of you of Ukrainian armor like that, like six, eight armored vehicles, including right. a couple of tanks, right together, blown away. Now, this is kind of inevitable when you when you do a huge offensive like this, and and it's just beginning. Not nearly all the the force has been brought to bear on the Russians, and so I don't I don't think it tells you a whole lot. I do, you know. One thing to keep in mind is Ukrainians haven't even reached the uh, the strong defensive fortif fortifications. The Russians have two lines in most places, two consecutive lines of strong entrenchments. And the Ukrainians haven't gotten there. And they've taken some real hits. So there's no denying it. And we're not seeing any pictures of Russians having taken, taken hits. Then again, during the Russian winter offensive, it was kind of like reverse. I mean, the, you know, offense is hard. That's the thing. Offense is hard. And, you know, the, the, uh, when you see a whole bunch of tanks blown away, it's usually the team that's on offense. And, uh, am I right in thinking that given Ukraine's stranglehold on the press, if there were good news, we would hear it? Well, it's funny. They, they, they sent out this PR video right before the offensive with a bunch of you guys, uh, Ukrainian guys going shh like that with their finger to their lips. And and they were both you know, kind of saying we're not going to be talking much, I think, was supposed to be the vibe. Uh, I don't know if that, you know, we're, we're not talking about what's happening. Don't talk about what's happening. But I think it was more like we're not talking than an admonition not to talk. And and I think they were preparing us for uh, some kind of media blackout. I, I don't know if that was in anticipation of tough sledding. Or, or was really just part of the plan, but we have not seen. Uh, I mean, I've seen like one, one, one or two blown up Russian tanks, but nothing like what we've seen in terms of images on the Ukrainian side. Yeah. Your, 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 your favorite writer, Ann Applebaum, wrote actually a fairly interesting piece saying that the uh, the counteroffensive is not is designed in large part to discombobulate the Russian elites along with these incursions in Russian territory and drone strikes onto the homes of top Kremlin officials, uh, mm -hmm. that it's, 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 it's designed to sort of soften them up for negotiations, which I'm all for, actually. Uh, but um, uh, Apparently, you, 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 these, some of these drone strikes were intended for actual residences like uh, in apartment buildings of specific people. I, yeah, I read that. That's, you... Um, you previously had poo-pooed the nuclear threat. Are you? I don't poo-poo the nuclear threat at all. Okay. okay. I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't think it's imminent, but I think if you push Putin far enough and he starts worrying about the survival of his regime because of the uh, the battlefield setbacks, he'll do something more extreme than what he's done. It could be a nuclear strike. Could be he bombs supply lines in Poland, at which point NATO may enter it, and it could become a much wider war. I mean, they could try to take out a U.S. reconnaissance satellite. That would be wild. They have the capacity. They've tested, like us, they've tested anti-satellite weapons. Um, is, it, it, isn't it, is it, it if, if he's on the ropes, 
because he's losing on the battlefield versus he's on the ropes because his internal elites are about to turn on him, it seems like he's much more likely to use nukes in the first situation than the second, because in the second, he may not strengthen his position at home by using nukes. They may decide this is a madman. We have to take him out immediately. Uh, so uh, con- in that conceivably, sense, the Applebaum, but- the Applebaum strategy makes sense because it's, not, it's less likely to produce a nuclear war than just winning on the battlefield, even if that was possible. Well, I think the standard reckoning is that, you know, the connection between the two is that battlefield setbacks lead him to fear for his regime. And so he tries to reverse the setbacks or at least freeze them. And that's what leads to extreme behavior like the use of nukes. I think that's the more the most common reason. I hadn't heard this idea that, well, uh, the purpose of all the stuff we're doing on the battlefield is just to freak out elites. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like she may almost be preparing the way to justify a lack of progress on the battlefield. Well, she wrote this before the counteroffensive started, obviously. Yeah. So she's hedging her bets if, if in case it's not wildly successful in terms of. I mean, I'd say, taken. you know, anybody who's hoping for regime change just hasn't been paying attention yeah. to, to, to recent history or to current Russian politics. Where is the heat coming from? It's coming from the nationalist right. You know, the days when Navalny was a likely successor are over. That's not the, the competition the Putin's worried right, about. Is the nationalist right more likely to use nukes? Oh, well, I don't know. That, that would depend on, on, the, on the, the situation. But, you know, supposedly the, the Anne Applebaum's the world are trying to foster liberal democracy around the world. And I don't think you install Prigozhin as the next head of Russia if that's what you're looking for. He has people sledgehammered to death. The... Um- uh, you got in a you got into a Twitter argument with this guy Timothy Snyder, scholar of fascism. I, uh, it would only be he, an argument if he replied, but I did he, I did quote tweet well, him we, in a, in a in a way that got me uh, for me a lot of retweets. <laughs> um, what, what, what do you want to do? You want me to try to tell them what it was about, or you want to try to tell them? Well, first of all, I, I wound up writing about this. This gets leads us to the dam, uh, the dam collapse, which is the other big Ukraine story of the week. But um, I mean, go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll get in. Go ahead and, uh, and give me My your impression. Is that Snyder went insane and started saying when the when a Russian spokesman says X and the Ukraine spokesman says Y, don't even give any publicity to the Russian spokesman since they're lying all the time. And we know that that this is a weird argument to make, given what we know now about the Nord Stream pipeline, which seems to have been blown up by the Ukrainians. So the Russians were right. Uh, right. What why has Timothy Snyder gone insane is my question. Well, it's just a stunningly kind of uh, uh, pre- pretentious and presumptive Twitter thread he did. And I added up uh, like likes and uh, oh, my God. It's even, I, I was actually way under the mark. Anyway, he's gotten like, if you add up all the retweets and likes on his, this 11 tweet thread, it's like, you know, 20,000 retweets. And it, it's just, you know, he's got a huge following. And uh, it starts out by saying, you know, uh, uh, it's about the dam collapse. And he says, here are some guidelines for writing about this catastrophe. So, so this is for America's journalists. Timothy Snyder is telling them, how to write about it. And then he says, avoid the temptation to both sides of calamity. 
that's not journalism. As you said, he doesn't want you to just say Russia thinks Ukraine did it. You, you, Russia says Ukraine did it. Ukraine says Russia did it. Unless you add Russia is not to be trusted. That's basically what he says is good journalism. If, if there are conflicting claims and you don't have enough e- evidence to resolve the matter, um, you just, you know, th- then you're not supposed to report the conflicting claims uh, unless you discredit the side that Timothy Snyder doesn't like. And, you know, I tweeted that, that no, he's wrong. That's, that's the opposite of good journalism. What good journalism is, when there are conflicting claims and, the, and there's not evidence that can resolve the matter, what, what good journalism is, is to just report the conflicting claims and not pass judgment yourself. And then I wrote this piece for my newsletter, which just is coming out roughly as we speak for the non-zero newsletter, where I really analyzed his substantive argument. And it's funny because I went into, I mean, my feeling about the damn thing. I mean, he's sure Russia did it. That's part of his argument is here's how we know Russia did it. Only Russia had the motivation, blah, blah, blah. Um, and my own feeling had been, you know, this doesn't make obvious sense from Russia's point of view or Ukraine's point of view. It imposes a lot of short-term costs on both. They both have large swaths of territory they're responsible for. And now they have to deal with, like, relocating people and shit. Uh, you know, in Russia's case, a bunch of entrenchments got got deluged and so on. Um, and so I was thinking, look, it could well be that the dam just collapsed. Now, <laughs> yeah, yes, no, I'm not kidding. Yesterday, I listened to a podcast with Dmitry Alperovich, Mike, the great Michael Kaufman, the storied uh, Russian analyst Michael Kaufman, the alpha analyst of this war, and Rob Lee. Uh, they all agreed this does not make obvious sense from the point of view of either side. Alperovich said he thinks it just collapsed. There were structural flaws. And so I... I was thinking that's as likely as anything else. Now, I will say, when I went through the newsletter, I encourage people to read the piece. Um, I went through and actually looked at Snyder's argument and responded to his points about why he says it must have been Russia. I actually kind of persuaded myself that, although it may still be most likely neither of them did it, I, I now do think U- Ukraine had more reason to do it than Russia don't, did. It. Don't they have a... Uh- Photographs of uh, an explosion? No, they don't. The the first one that came out was fake. I mean, first of all, in Alperovitch's scenario, he says it could be, you know, there's all these like loose uh, floating mines, errant mines. There's all kinds of shit. He's saying a mine could have just floated into it uh, that no one, you know, encouraged it to, but it did. Uh, and, and that could have triggered. It, it was known to have structural flaws because both sides had already attacked it. Okay, according to the Washington Post, Ukraine fired a HIMARS missile into it to see if they were trying to get like a partial, just a limited leak back when the Russians were still in Kherson to see if they could make a river crossing hard without flooding everybody. So Ukraine apparently fired a HIMARS missile at it. (laughs) Russia, upon withdrawing, attacked the road, blew up the road on top of it so Ukrainians couldn't follow them over. And so they both attacked the dam and has structural flaws. And uh, and Alperovich thinks maybe just an errant mind did the trick. So that could be an explosion. If there is a video with an explosion, it's not even clear there is a legit video with an explosion. The first one they showed like several days ago, that was that was not it. That was from months ago when I I think when the Russians attacked it. Um, Of course, Tucker has weighed in on 
the side of blaming Ukraine, his argument was not unpersuasive. Well, it may have his, some overlap with the Twitter points. Appearance. It may have some overlap with the points I made in response it to did. Timothy Snyder. It probably does, but um, uh, the uh, the one, one convincing one sort of bit of evidence is that there seems to have been no Ukrainian casualties in this flood. It, it well, drowned all the Russian in, ones. Were it there? drowned all the animals in the zoo, but didn't actually kill any Ukrainians, implying maybe they were prepared for it. Well, I mean, I will say this: it, it uh, a few things. You want to hear the quick argument that uh, I almost didn't realize how strong it was until I wrote it all out, just in trying to rebut Snyder's claim that Russia was obviously uh, the culprit. I mean, first of all, Snyder says like uh, Russia Russia was retreating. And it's the retreating force that wants to flood things and impede the pursuit. Well, that's for this is total bullshit. Nobody in Russia is retreating. Hey, even where the offensive actually is, which is nowhere near this, there's no Russian retreat right now. But secondly, nobody uh, expected uh, some kind of river crossing by Ukraine to be part of this uh, uh, of this offensive. So there wasn't going to be a reason to retreat or a reason for them to impede the Ukrainian advance, so far as all the best analysts were guessing, um, B, uh, Russia, one reason there wasn't going to be a retreat, uh, what was people thought, I mean, there wasn't going to be a Ukrainian river crossing, was because Russia controls the dam. They controlled the floodgates. They can flood the thing anytime they want. So why would they blow the dam up? And people were saying, look, if Ukraine, if Ukraine tries a river crossing, Russia will just open the floodgates. So, so now Russia can't do that. Now, why would, and by the way, what does this remind you of? Does this remind you of anything else when we say, why would Russia blow something up it if reminds it could me flip of the, the switch and the have North, the same effect? It reminds me of the pipeline being blown up. Exactly. And, and it is the same logic because now Ukraine, if they want to do a river crossing, doesn't have to fear Russia opening the floodgate. They're not going to do it now. They'll have to wait until things subside. But the other thing is, the flood has wiped out. It is they lose a lot of Russian entrenchments on their side of the river. People think that it, it probably uh, led to a lot of landmines floating away that are no longer in Ukraine's way. So the point is, now when the shoreline, new shorelines stabilize, for two reasons, Ukraine will have a, a a better chance at a viable river crossing. Russians can't open the floodgates and the retrenchments are a mess. The, the Russian retrenchments are a mess and a lot of landmines are gone. So, um, you know, the idea that, I mean, anyway, uh, Timothy Snyder, well, it, it's an amazing phenomenon. He, the guy, well, uh, go ahead, stop me before well, I say what about, something over What red. about the, the this, you, it's Crimea's water supply. So why would Russia- Well, that's the other it? thing. I mean, yeah. now I don't know- Remember, the reason Russia seized this dam, the reason seizing this dam was a priority for Russia was because after Russia took Crimea, uh, Ukraine cut off the water supply to Crimea from the reservoir above the dam. Now, I don't know if the reservoir has gotten low enough to imperil. I don't know how many canals have quit flowing, but you you uh, you, you wouldn't think Russia would just kind of like, let's blow up the dam and see what happens, given the fact that, that Crimea's agriculture depends heavily on the water coming from this reservoir. Um, that's another, there are all kinds of reasons to just not think Russia did it. Again, it, 
he, I'm not saying Ukraine did it because it, it just, again, it doesn't make obvious sense for anybody. It's such a crapshoot, but it certainly doesn't make obvious sense for Russia. And uh, let me ask you, are, uh, are, are you sensing in the media coverage that we're seeing a replay of Nord Stream where everybody just says, oh, yeah, Russia must have done it? Or are people being somewhat more careful? Um, I'm seeing a replay of Nord, of Nord Stream, which is bizarre since Nord Stream itself is being rolled back rapidly. I mean, the, the thing is, the Washington Post story, which, which yeah. was fairly convincing about how there were these all the credible sources as part of this trove of documents leaked by this guy, Tejera. Uh, there, there, there were documents talking about Ukraine had plans to blow up Nord Stream. And they, they delayed them for a while, but the plan that what actually happened seems to be pretty close to the plan that Nord, that uh, the Ukrainians were, 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 you know, were laying out. And, uh, and the Biden administration knew about this Yep. Uh, and basically, and presumably did nothing to stop it or yeah. didn't no, stop the, it. The, and, and, and I, I have a friend who thinks this is like incredibly damning and stupid of Biden to let this go forward. And I, I, I was going to read something. Apparently we did. Apparently we didn't try to stop them. And uh, uh, but go ahead. I was going to read a, a, a damning paragraph that he wrote me about what Biden's strategy was. Hi, I'm Joe Biden, and I've decided to allow the Ukes to cause energy prices to spike dramatically all around the world, so everything will cost more. All the disruption bolsters my ineffective sanctions regime. Never mind that it hasn't bolstered the sanctions regime. That's not the point. If our allies in Europe freeze in the winter months because they can't afford home heating oil, well, that's life. Have them write me at JoeBidenDoesn'tCare.com. Uh, well... And 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 how stupid of it is Ukraine to do it, given that they're relying on these Western European countries for weapons? Now, according to the Post, they did the 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 military and the the people who did this, who 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 did the had the plan to blow up Nord Stream, which Biden, the Biden administration apparently was told about in advance by European intelligence. And by the way, which as you said. The details of the plan they got wind of in advance, and the Washington Post has seen it on paper, meshes eerily with the evidence that, remember the German thing that people initially were skeptical of when they said, look, it was a boat of six people, right? Right. Well, the plan that on paper that the Biden administration was told about before it was blown up was like, Ukrainians are going to get six people, scuba divers, they're going to get a boat. Well, <laughs> then, then the Germans later discovered evidence of this. This is the best theory going, uh, and it meshes eerily well with with it. So apparently, this is what happened. Ukraine blew up uh, the pipeline. That's the most probable scenario by long shot. But according to the Post report, the military did not tell Zelensky. Now, that's kind of alarming. Like, first of all. You talk about something where the president should make the call. You're going to impede the energy supply to the people who are providing you with weapons, okay? And like, B, is this president in charge? And like, who right. is in charge? Like, when they sent those neo-Nazis in with American vehicles uh, a week ago into Russia, does Zelensky know about that? I mean, who's running the show? Yeah. Who, who, is, who is deciding what happens with the weapons we send them? Is, is it not Zelensky? Right, if, if that part is true. It, so this at least Wait. half in oh yeah yeah 
Does okay. at least half vindicate Seymour Hersh? Eh, uh, it's no? not. The, it's not the specific scenario. No, but but well, we, we, do we know everything? Are we sure that one of those divers, or maybe two of them, weren't skilled Americans from this secret force that Hersh writes about? Oh, I suppose possible. But Hirsch had this idea, right, that the Biden administration was was in the lead from the beginning, right? Right. This, and this sounds much more like Ukrainians had this idea. And now it could be the Biden administration was already in on it when the helpful European intelligence agency, uh, which hasn't been identified which country it was, uh, told the administration. And, right. and Biden said, oh, thanks for this valuable new information. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, That's what well, I'm thinking yeah. Anyway, um, got to find that deep conspiratorial level beneath the conspiratorial level. Yeah, but anyway, um, the uh, but that that's the final relevance to the dam, okay? There's now very good, re you know, one thing that uh, Snyder said is the Russians had the means, the Ukrainians didn't have the means to blow up uh, the dam. Well, actually, we now have good reason to believe the Ukrainians have scuba divers who are super good at blowing shit up <laughs> underwater. And it's like a 30-second swim from Ukrainian territory to that dam. I don't know anything about blowing up dams, but I got to think if one has a serious structural flaw and you know how to blow up a very you know, well-armored pipeline, again, I, it doesn't seem to make sense right. on balance to well, me for Ukraine to have done it given all the uncertainty and shit. I think there's a real chance it just collapsed. But, but geez. The way this one, is being processed. I have one more point about Ukraine, but I'll save it for the paradigm since it's, we're spending a lot of time in Ukraine. Well, it's a big week. You got to. Uh, well, okay. Well, how I about know. Tucker, your man Tucker? How about that anti-Semitic stuff? I didn't. I didn't follow that. Tell well, in, in his very did you not watch his very first Twitter episode? I watched the first like thirty seconds of it. And maybe he didn't get to the part. I noticed where he it was. I noticed it was. Uh, it it some. It was lacking something. It was lacking some kind of oomph because it was from his home or well, something. It wasn't lacking or... craziness. He he okay. uh, he he did what seems to me it must have been at a minimum anti-Semitic trolling in the sense that he must have known people are going to say this is anti-Semitic. This is what he said about Zelensky. Okay, these are the words he used to describe Zelensky, who, as you know, is Jewish. Sweaty. Rat-like, shifty, a persecutor of Christians, which, by the way, is kind of misleading. I mean, he's a persecutor of the Russian Orthodox. He has nothing against Christians. He doesn't like the the church whose like patriarch supports the war. And yeah, I'm not. I I, I don't approve of the way he's, he's whatever he's doing to those churches in Ukraine. But it's not. It's not a persecution right. of Christians per se. Um, right. Anyway, now now you tell me, uh, he's smart enough to know that if you use terms like rat-like and shifty, <laughs> right? To describe a famously Jewish person, right? He knows. I guess. He, I've, he's trolling I've, at a um, minimum. I've, I've, I've run into too many wasps who think Jews are ugly. And Tucker may <laughs> be they, one of them. Do they say that to you? Uh, occasionally. They say, I think uh, Jews are ugly? No, they don't say that. Or they just say, I think you're ugly, yeah. and you take it as anti-Semitic, because that's yeah. more comforting to you. Yeah. 
the and latter. The alternative explanation. The latter. The latter. Yeah. Well, we've all had our appearance ridiculed, Mickey. But I don't know. I don't take I mean, it as a, a slur on Baptists. Appearance is the main thing wasps have going for him at this point. Uh, so not not true. Uh, he it, he may um. I don't know. So he may just have been reflecting that. But you're right. He's smart enough to know what the reaction yeah. will be. Yeah. Uh, uh, he needs publicity. He's starting off a TV show. He's getting it. He also came out. He also did hit the UFO button. I mean, there is some new UFO stuff that's a little weirder than average, but... He, I thought he, it was very credible. The guy, the, not, the alleged whistleblower is a 14-year veteran of the Defense People Department. say good things about it. But is he, it, saying, is he saying both that the government has remains of the alien spacecraft and of the aliens? No, I think he just said the alien spacecraft oh. and it's made of metals not known to Earth or made oh, okay. of substances... Molecules not known to Earth. Okay. Uh, I well, believe that's what he said. I look forward to his next installment. Um, 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 so, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think, uh, you know, Tucker is going the route of, uh, with despite valiant efforts, he's going the route of people who say, you know, I'm glad I got kicked off Twitter. I'll be bigger than ever. No, they won't. <laughs> You'll fade into obscurity. And uh, I just don't... I. I don't know. I, did, I don't see that driving the debate the way uh, his Fox show did, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, uh, I mean... I think Fox is fading, too, so everything, everybody's fading. Uh, CNN's fading. Um, no, it's back in the hands of devotees of the heroic Jeff Zucker, beloved by CNN. Wait, boys. no, Zucker's not coming back, is he? Well, he's trying to come back, but well, of course he's trying to come back. But but it it it, 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 it the, 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 the 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 CNN is now run by an alien rebellious culture within the larger framework of the Time Warner, I guess that owns it. Um, so you know it's it's back in the hands of of the old guard of Zucker people, and mm -hmm. uh, they the, the, the Time Warner has to squash this. <laughs> they, to, they can't tolerate it. I mean, it's it's it's. Their their guy has been ousted, and 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 are they just going to let the old Zucker people run it? Uh, it, it? Zucker has incredibly good press. He has like Ben Smith saying, uh, "What he did was a heroic act of television magic." Bob, with the old CNN. What what was the magic? The magic was that he managed to get some decent audience in in a in a in an era when everybody was losing audience. But you know the the network was sort of junk, and it was sort of not as vital as it used to be, and it didn't get that much audience. So I, I don't, and, and, and other people are saying Zucker is beloved. As a friend of mine pointed out, he ain't beloved in Hollywood. Everybody wants to kill him. They hate him. So it's like, it's not why? like, why? I, he's a schmuck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, you know, but, um, uh, you know, the you idea know. that he is beloved is, 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 is evidence of his successful courtship of writers like Ben Smith. Did Not that I have anything Smith? against Ben Smith. We're, we're besties. You two are on good terms, right? We're besties. You have only kind things to say about his apartment. I heard, um, that, you know, Andrew Sullivan did a thing with him. He, after, after Andrew wrote that, um, how shall we put it, pungent piece about Ben in his book, he actually had Ben on his podcast. I admire that. And I'm sure they were very friendly. They were. No mention so far of the fact that uh, 
uh, Andrew said some rather unflattering things. In that well, he said a lot of unflattering things about me, and he had me on, and he was friendly. He said so. unflattering. Andrew said unflattering things about you. Well, way a lot many years ago. Who among us hasn't, Mickey? So listen, the uh, the alarm went off a couple minutes ago. I think that means we're supposed to um, supposed to retire to our three hundred dollar a month concierge service. Uh, exactly. We are your, we're the equivalent of a concierge uh, doctor. We do you are, have one of those doctors, Mickey? You would. You're the type. You have, you do, right? No, I have a doctor. You don't have a, a concierge doctor, doctor? Doctors are gravitating to concierge sort of slowly by not taking Medicare. And then, you know, who knows what happens. Uh, it, uh, but I, I certainly don't go to anybody who's set up a concierge service, no. Plus, I don't trust the concierge. The idea is that they will be there. They will jump out of your telephone and help you in a crisis. And that what is the way it works. What if yeah. there are three crises at once? You know, I mean, I don't I don't trust that they will be there any more than I trust that my doctor will be there. Okay. And my doctor, I, I, I basically trust they'll be there. So what does the concierge get me? I don't understand. Plus, the doctors in the emergency room are very qualified. Worst comes to worst, you go, through, go to the emergency room and pay through the nose. Which you'll be doing in the concierge service anyway. So okay, that was a persuasive concierge uh, okay. breakdown. That was good. You should uh, you should tape that and transcribe it. Uh, turn it into a book. So, um, um, so what are we going to talk about in the parrot room, Mickey? You know, uh, the PGA did some kind of quasi merger with the live the Saudi live. I thought golf you might surgery. as a golfer. Where, I thought you might want to talk about that. I take that as as up, up. Uh, I found it very up. depressing for reasons. Oh. Um, Broadly depressing. It's like a comment on the futility of life itself. Okay. Uh, Not just golf, which is futile. Life. Uh, affirmative action, huge case coming down. Everybody thinks it's going to get rid of affirmative action. What's the right solution? I, I'm, I have some inchoate thoughts. And, on and maybe the you can explain why uh, the voting rights case went in the uh, leftward direction. Um, why, why Kavanaugh and Roberts? Uh, not now. I, not now. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, there's uh, my reunion reflections, Bob. Oh yeah, you went to a reunion. I wasn't sure I was permitted to say that last week. I just had to. I went to. A, oh, okay. I went I, to. A I reunion. had to be vague. Everyone thought you were dead. Okay. Uh, and um, and they were about it's, fifty it's fifty better. on on how they felt about that. It's probably better for me than if they thought I was at a reunion. So. Um, there's uh, there's uh, the new goggles from Apple. Yeah, I want to talk about them. There's uh, uh, I I I want to remark about Taylor Swift. Mm. Uh, there is uh, an exciting point about food stamps and the homeless. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's the Arthur Lee theory of why many more Gen Z people are identifying as non-binary uh, and, uh, you know, homosexual than previous generations. Did you see the Cracker Barrel went woke, by the way? No. They're falling one by one. Really? Crack when they come for the Cracker Barrel, cracker it's all Barrel over. itself. I mean, it just said, they just sent out something saying we celebrate Pride Week or Pride Day. And they, there was a picture of a, Cracker Barrel on the porch. There was a rocking chair with a rainbow colors. 
Man. I know. What would be the last organization to, to, uh, I mean, Chick-fil-A's, the Chick-fil-A point was, um, people pointed out that evangelical Christians always have woke potential because they, you know, they're do-gooders and they're constantly looking for ways to do good and be nice to people. The Chick-fil-A thing was sort of explicable. But see, Cracker Barrel, the thing is, Chick-fil-A, you see in all kinds of demographics. And you see urban ones, you see this, you see that. Cracker Barrel, you really do pretty much only see in Red America. Right. That's right. And yet, um, Cracker Barrel has fallen, Mickey. Next, I'll come from Hooters. Actually, that's a good question. Hooters has probably already gone woke. I don't even want to think. <laughs> that's, I don't definitely even want to th- par- that's definitely parrot room. Parrot room. I don't riff, even want to uh, think about what that would. No, look we like. don't want to um, think about a woke hooters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a a a, a, a pungent irony about who's banning what in education. Um, uh, and that's sort of it. I, we've talked about a lot of the other stuff. Uh. Well, I, I, I saw... Um, oh, there's a spy, there's a spy, Chinese spy station in Cuba. Oh, yeah, I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to dismiss okay. all concerns about that. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Um, I watched the uh, first couple episodes of this, uh, I think it's an Apple TV streaming show called Silo or The Silo or something. Right. Somebody in the, in the, in the parrot room suggested it. Uh, a comment. Um... I'm watching Ted Lasso. You're probably not too heartwarming for you. Uh, correct. Uh, okay, we got. We'll we'll talk about stuff in the parrot room. Parrotroom.com slash. No, no, no. Sorry, scratch that. Patreon.com slash parrotroom. Uh, um, oh, and smash the like button. Uh, if you like either of us. Um. Okay, and smash it twice if you like both of us. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, okay, so we'll... Uh, it's, it's like having two hosts in one. Two, two, two hosts in one. Okay, we will uh, see you there. Oh, what? and I got to what? ask you, in the parrot room, do you know what the secret ingredient of search was? Redlin or something? No. What close, was it? Retson, Retson, Retson. Was it Retson? Oh, you're right. You got it right. What well, damn it. Boom, boom. You this spoiled mind, all the suspense. This okay. mind. I haven't lost impressive. anything that entered it more than 20 years ago. A drop of Retson. Okay. A drop of Retson. Okay. See you later. That was impressive. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. There's awe all over America all, at this very you moment. You all will continue in the paradigm. Yeah, okay. See ya.